Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I know I sound a little <clears throat> brushed there or however you want to call it. I hope everyone's doing well. I know I am. This weather has had us all a little bit uh, deceived with this cold and frigid temperatures that we have been facing. Our temperatures are finally starting to get above freezing. Thank God we are ready for this to get back to normal. Uh, missed a whole week of classes for it. Uh, the kids got to go back the last two days of the week, but I did not because of all the weather and power outages and things like that, which makes this coming up week a horrible, horrible week from hell. <laughs> God bless. Two exams, um, two quizzes, actually three quizzes. Probably, yeah, probably three quizzes, two exams. God bless. I don't even know. It's been a horrible weekend. Uh, and it's just Saturday. <clears throat> now, this will be kind of our rundown of impact through. This will be everything through Tuesday to Friday. We watched. Uh, we didn't watch Impact. I'm not a fan of Impact. I like the crossover thing, but I'm not going to watch it. Um, you know, I don't care. But uh, this will be pretty much Impact, AEW Dynamite, NXT from Wednesday night, and of course, Friday night SmackDown, which was interestingly overpacked with heel turns last night. Uh, and AEW Dynamite, we have a couple of clips I'll bring in from that. So we'll just jump right in here. As the X Division Championship match opened up the show for Impact, it was TJP versus Josh Alexander. Of course, TJP retains his championship. They get a backstage interview with Dreamer uh, about Moose attacking Rich Swan. And then uh, Tommy Dreamer announces he's facing Moose in an old school rules match as they go to commercial. Also, when they come back from commercial, Brian Myers pays Hernandez to face and beat Matt Cordona before follow ball borrows money from Hernandez to use for gambling. Then we get a graphic for Finn, Finn Juice debuting against Rio Scum later tonight. <clears throat> Fatal four-way match. Trey Miguel defeats Suicide Davari and Willie Mack via pinball after the match. Sammy is waiting for Trey backstage where he says that Trey can't win a match when it really matters and that he doesn't have the passion for it. Trey leaves as we go to commercial. We come back. TJP's in Scott D'Amour's office. Scott congratulates him on his title defense against Ace Austin. Before Ace Austin shows up, Scott then makes a six-man for next week where the team, the winning team, will face in a triple threat match the following week for the with the winner getting an X-Division title shot. Hernandez versus Matt Cordona. Matt Cordona defeats Hernandez via pinfall. Matt gets interviewed in the back after the match. He and Brian argue. Hernandez attacks Matt from behind with Eddie Edwards, comes out and clears the ring, saving Matt. Mm, Tennille Dashwood and Caleb meet with Havoc and Nevaeh in the back. Finn Juice versus Rio Scum. FJ double up. Uh, apparently a pretty good team here, as this is Justin Juice Robertson. I can't remember the other guy's name. We'll figure it out later on, right? Finn Juice defeat Rio Scum via pinfall after the match. The Impact World Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, come out into the stage. <clears throat> and mock the former young boys who haven't had as much success as they have in their careers. Raja, Rahit Raja screams at Shira and blames him for costing Rahit his title before shove whatever Shira shoves Rahit into James Storm and James breaks a bottle over his head. Johnny Swinger then shows up to take them somewhere as we go to commercial. Huh. 
Johnny takes James and Chris to his club to drink and play poker after Follow Boss shows up and loses his $10 before he's escorted out. Tanil Dashwood would then take on Nevea. Tanil Dashwood would defeat Nevea. Uh, they get this Impacts Plus moment of the week featuring Moose attacking Rich Swan this past weekend at No Surrender. We get a video package promoted, promo by Violent by Design. Uh, Deanna Peraza and Kimberly stop Susan from going to pick a fight with Jazz before they walk up to Scott. And Scott makes a tag match where the winner will face each other the next week. And that person will challenge Deanna for her knockouts championship. Old school rules match. Dreamer versus Moose. Moose defeats Tommy Dreamer via pinball. And that's it for Impact. There wasn't a lot of crossover there. Um, I would have expected more. Now, I did hear several stories from uh, folks that were at NXT saying that they thought that uh, Kyle O'Reilly suffered a very severe injury. But uh, apparently it was part of the show. Kyle O'Reilly was stretchered out. <clears throat> a lot of folks thought he had a seizure. He actually did not have a seizure. It was part of the angle he was working. The injury cell, of course, being a good, you know, a good professional. That's what you do. They open up tonight's NXT show with a recap of Adam Cole turning on Finn Balor and Kyle Riley at the end of Takeover Vengeance this past weekend, which I have to say was a fairly damn good show. They go to the ring where Kyle immediately gets inside. His music cuts and grabs a mic. Mm, he demands Adam come out a second time before Finn comes out. Instead, says that he's looking for Kyle and that Kyle needs to get in line behind him. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Finn talks about how he trusted Kyle before Roddy says that neither he nor Kyle had anything to do with what Adam did before they're attacking, attacked by the Kings of NXT. We go to William Regal via Zoom where he shows a video from Santana's Escobar who says that he'll face Cross, not Christian Cross, but uh, Cross on uh, his time before Regal says that the match will take place next week. Regal then says that if Centeno's doesn't show up next week, he will be suspended indefinitely and stripped to the Cruiserweight Championship. Regal then announces our main event between the Kings and the Undisputed Era with Finn in a six-man tag match. Here comes the way. Candice LeRae and Ida Hartwell versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon would defeat the way via pinfall. <clears throat> we get a video package promo by Pat McAlfee, who talks about how Adam Cole was a scumbag, just like he said, and that he's here to tell the internet wrestling community things they don't know. Pat then says that he's the greatest thing to ever happen to wrestling before saying Pat was hashtag Pat was right as we go to commercial. When they come back from commercial break to a backstage interview with Kushida, where he talks about losing his NXT North American Championship match against Bronson Reed walk as Bronson before Bronson Reed walks up. Talks to him in Japanese. Reed then says that he knows Kushida isn't finished with Johnny, but he wants to face Johnny for the North American title before leaving before Malcolm Bevins shows up and says that he's going to talk to Regal about getting a match for Tyler Rust against Kushida later tonight. Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Scott. Leon Ruff defeats Isaiah Scott via pinfall. Isaiah attacks Leon after the match before launching him into the corner with a release DVD before saying that he's sick of Leon having handed everything that it's in, and that it's his time before leaving. 
Casey Cortanza and Hayden Carter versus Aaliyah and Jesse Carmen Cayman. Um, Caden Carter and Casey Consora defeat Aaliyah and Jessa Kama via pinfall. After the match, Exa uh, Lee and Boa BOA come down to ringside before AM marks Casey and says that she will purge her next week before she and BOA leave. We get a backstage promo by Malcolm Bevins for Tyler Rust, who says that Kushida doesn't have his determination or ambition that, and that Tyler is a diamond in the rust. We see MSK and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez backstage as we're told that Dusty Classic Trophy presentations are up next as we go to commercial. We come back from the break to Beth Phoenix in the ring where she throws a video package recapping the entire men's and women's Dusty Classic before she introduces MSK, Dakota, and Raquel for the trophy presentations. The festivities are interrupted by the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, before the four verbally spars, MSK and Beth, eat popcorn in the corner. That's funny. Shayna then says that they're going to embarrass Dakota and Raquel in two weeks' time before they leave, and Raquel says that she's going to hoove the trophy up Nia's hole. Huh. Shove the trophy up Nia's hole, I guess. We get the Cameron Grimes music video that debuted at Vengeance Day before we see that Cameron crashes crashed his sports car and walked off laughing. We see photo stills of Tony Storm attacking Lo Shira during her photo shoot after winning the triple threat match at TakeOver. Kushida versus Tyler Rush. Rust. Kushida defeats Tyler Rust to be a referee stoppage. We get a vignette for Zoe Stark, who makes her singles debut up next as we go to commercial. We get a recap of the on-screen debut of Eli Drake as L.A. Knight, who says that he's coming for all the gold before we go to earlier today at L.A.'s house. And L.A. reprimands the cameraman for knocking on his door. L.A. says that he's going to climb to the top of NXT, and that's just a fact of life. Zoe Stark versus Valentina Foros. Zoe Stark would defeat Valentina via pinfall in her NXT debut. We get a video package promo by Scarlett and Kieran Cross, where Cross says that Santana's, Santanos has two decisions to choose from, get destroyed by him or get stripped of his championship, only for Cross to find him later on. Six-man tag team match. The Kings of NXT versus Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly with Finn Balor. Now, here's where things got interesting. The Kings of NXT defeat Undisputed Era and Finn Balor via pinfall. After the match, Adam Cole goes comes out of nowhere from the back of the arena and super kicks Finn before holding the NXT Championship over his head as we go off the air. Um, now, they don't mention a whole lot on here about Kyle being, um, you know, down. But uh, apparently Kyle O'Reilly did get... Uh, you know, they did work an injury angle with Kyle O'Reilly. Not sure exactly what uh, what the end game is there, but uh, as soon as I have more information on that, which could be before the end of this podcast, because I'll dig, dig, dig. Y'all know me. And then we're going, we're going, we're going to AEW Dynamite. So let me cue up some footage here and some audio. And we'll talk quite a bit about some AEW Dynamite coming up next in this podcast, guys. So bear with me just a few seconds. You can have your rematch, John Moxley. You can have your rematch. I don't even give it to you at Revolution. 
the problem is I'm the one that's gonna name the match. If we beat you up, you just keep coming back. If I beat you in a straight up wrestling match, you get jealous and you keep coming back. You're talking about putting people on the ground, breaking their neck. Is that what I'm gonna have to do, John? Is that what I'm gonna have to do? Well, if I'm gonna have to put you in the ground, how about this, John? How about you and I in an exploding barbed wire? what a way to end aew dynamite this wednesday night that was the closing segment of aew dynamite from Wednesday night, and what a segment it was as we saw Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, and Don Callis taking out John Moxley and setting up for an exploding Bob Wire death match at Revolution. Could it be true? Could it actually happen? Um, you know, we're hearing that Blood and Guts was canceled due to the no fans in attendance. This would be a perfect time, honestly, to do a exploding Bob Wire death match. And a lot of people will bitch and grop that they don't want to see that. But, uh, man, back in the day, that's what they used to do in Japan. That was a thing. I've seen them. You know, Mick Foley and Terry Funk actually had several of these matches. Um, they're, a, they're a part of the history for Japanese wrestlers. And Kenny and Moxley both, you know, wrestling in Japan, they, they've probably been around it, seen it. And they're both known for doing some crazy shit. So I think it'll be a damn good match. Uh, had to play that segment because I, I would have done it no justice with my voice being gravelly today. But let's get right down to it. AEW Dynamite kicks off with Jim Ross saying it's Wednesday night. You know what that means and welcomes everyone in attendance to AEW Dynamite as they get ready to come to us live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. He introduces his fellow announcers, Excalibur and Tony Schiavone, and we start things off with Matt Hardy and Adam Hangman Page versus the Hybrid 2. Um, Adam Hangman Page and Matt Hardy would win this. And then afterwards, um, you know, it, it gets a little interesting after the match. Hardy talks about how he's going to make a ton of money. Page then mentions that Hardy should have looked at the contract and that the contract was for a match at revolution for Hangman Page to take on Matt Hardy in what they're calling a big money match. And Hardy, you know, tells Page he's going to regret it. The Jacksonville Jaguar mascot. Duvall attacks Page. The person in the suit is Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party. Hardy then yells at the hybrid too and says, Hey guys, if you want to make some money, they need to get you need to get over here and attack Page. The Dark Order comes out and makes the save. Uh negative one. Shout out to negative one there. Brody Lee's little boy. Little Brody, Mr. Negative One, sending out the troops to save Adam Hangman Page. Dark Order made the save there. Pretty cool thing. But uh, apparently, if Adam Hangman Page beats Matt Hardy at Revolution, he's getting like 100% of Matt Hardy's 2001 first quarter. I don't fucking know, but it's cool as shit that Hangman was able to pull one over on him. They go, uh, now we go back from the segment with the Inner Circle where Ortiz and Santana begin by saying this is uh, their first title match since joining AEW. MJF starts running his mouth about Sammy Guevara. Then he turns his back on everyone. Chris Jericho then chimes in and says, hey, 
He no longer wants to talk about Sammy Guevara, and he does not want to hear the name again. They then go to commercial break. Back from commercial, Tony Schiavone goes over the Women's World Eliminator Tournament matches, four matches, first four matches. He first uh, he finally finishes up by talking about the matches that will be on next Monday's show. Um, and there's not a lot on here for any of that. They don't really cover a lot of it. But we get Serena Deb and Riho. And let me tell you what, this match turned into a clinic. Rio looks like she's been doing some training while she's been off. Um, I was surprised that Deb didn't win, being the NWA Women's World Champion and all that. But Rio picks up that victory in a hard-fought match. The next segment is a video of Shaquille O'Neal and Jake Cargill training for their match against Cody in Red Velvet. And let me pick this piece apart, too. I'm going to do a little bit of this today because I can. I got a little bit of time before I have to deep dive back into my studies and things. So let me just go ahead and tell you what I thought was wrong with Shaq and his uh, his chicks training video. They weren't training in a wrestling ring. They weren't learning holds. They weren't learning anything wrestling related. Shaq had this chick in a gym shooting free throws and layups and all this other shit that was NBA related. If you're training her to be an NBA star, go fucking be an NBA star. Stay out of our sport. Stay out of our business. Don't run it. You know, I, I that's like Bad Bunny. I didn't understand why Bad Bunny was involved at Royal Rumble until everything come out about him training at the Performance Center and him getting ready for a match. Apparently, he's going to have a match at WrestleMania. It looks like it's going to be Miz and Morrison, Bad Bunny, and Damian Priest in a tag match at WrestleMania. That's great. Crossover heat. You love that shit. It helps with business, supposedly, right? Here's my thing. Shaquille O'Neal, no disrespect, Tiger. And I'm saying Tiger because he's an LSU alumni, and I have all the respect in the world for the man. He was a hell of a basketball player. I've never seen him do anything but basketball. He's big. He can hurt somebody if he doesn't know what he's doing in that ring. So if he's not taking this serious and training for wrestling, he doesn't need to be in the ring because we don't need Cody Hurt. And I, and I take Cody's side every time, and a lot of people are against Cody Rhodes, total and utterly against Cody Rhodes, and I don't know why. I guess because it's Dusty's son. I guess because he's the office, and people are bitching about it. I don't, I don't get it. It's Cody freaking Rhodes, and he's a damn good athlete. He got screwed over in WWE. He couldn't. He came out on his own. He made himself the most talked about wrestler in the independent scene. He helped design and develop AEW into what it is. You should be grateful that he gave you an option. A lot of the fans are. The rest of you naysayers out there that talk shit about AEW you need to wake up and realize the reason that all the boys are wanting to go to AEW is because it's so much different it's so much better because they actually get to help in their creative they're not treated like a damn tool they're not buried the minute they walk in the door you look at guys like aj styles you look at guys like the good brothers finn balor finn balor should be main eventing fucking monday night raw not sitting on nxt having to carry nxt because they don't have anybody over there worth a shit no offense to adam page and some of the others that are over there that i know but if you look at shit in WWE, AJ Styles came in. He was debuted in the Royal Rumble. He didn't win it. He's held the WWE Championship one or two times, maybe, and his reigns were treated like shit. Poor Kofi Kingston was you know, champion for like a year and was still treated like shit. These guys have no creative freedom. 
They have no say-so in what they do. They're given bad gimmicks, dumb shit to do. Don't get me started because WWE will bring somebody in. Look at Bobby Roode. Look at freaking Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is the back fucking SmackDown, and yet he's still treated like shit. Now him and Bobby Roode are tagged up, tag team champions. That's great, but they're still not getting the push they deserve. They should be featured more. Dolph Ziggler's been with that company for years. Dolph Ziggler had a hell of a run as champion. Dolph Ziggler could be a hell of a champion if they would put the machine behind him and push him the same way they do the shit with Roman Reigns. And he would probably get more over and sell more merchandise. Bobby Roode was a hell of a wrestler. And if WWE would pull their head out of their ass, they could do a hell of a lot more with some of these guys they have and make more money and not be worrying about, you know, AEW whooping their ass in the ratings. That's the only reason they sent Finn Balor back. That's the only reason they're sending Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax to face these girls on NXT. It's all about ratings, baby. And they're doing everything they can, man, to try to fucking jack them ratings up. And it ain't doing no damn good because AEW is doing exactly what needs to be done. Letting these guys help. I mean, look at Sammy Guevara. He took some time off from AEW because he left the inner circle. They were going to send him to Impact. Impact was going to put him in a stupid-ass angle. And he told them, no, don't blame him. you got to learn to stand up. When you get to that stage, yeah, you got to learn to play ball. But you've also got to learn what's good for business and what's not. And when something's not good for business and you know it, I'd rather be fucking hated for saying no to something stupid than loved for doing the dumbest shit in the business. Just like Dustin Rhodes, people fucking bitch about gold dust. Let me tell you what happened. Gold dust was a rib. Gold dust was a rib. It was a way to get back at Dusty. I don't give a shit what Vince McMahon says. I don't give a shit what anybody else says. They put Dustin in that gimmick, made him play in a drogonous character or a gay character or whatever you want to call it. Dustin embraced that shit and made Goldust a household name, and that's why Goldust got over, was because Dustin had no fear, had respect for this business, and made that character who it is today. He didn't have anybody's help. Nobody backed him. He went out there, and he turned that character into what people needed to believe in, and it worked for him. You've got to be able to turn shit into something, and if you can't get behind it, then you've got to say no. I mean, I may be wrong, but it's, you know, it's how I feel. I never like doing stupid shit uh, as uh, you know, I don't like dumb shit. It is what it is, man. Up next, we get Orange Cassidy versus Luther in a singles match. Chuck, uh, Chuck Taylor was with him. Orange Cassidy would win. Then Team Taz calls out Sting. Sting obliges and comes out. Taz then says Sting's afraid to do anything without his bat. Sting throws his bat down. They start to fight. Sting has a uh, cage in the corner. Well, before they got to that point, let me tell you this. Sting took his jacket off and threw it in Cage's face. So that, you know, that right there tells you something's going down. These guys are fighting Sting backs Cage into the corner. Uh, Hook, which is Taz's kid, gets in the ring, jumps on Sting's. Cage then picks up. Uh, Sting takes the bat because the kid used the bat, which I thought was very inappropriate. If the kid's not completely trained, he doesn't need to be in the ring at all. But, you know, that's that, again, is because daddy's out there. Somebody else can be out there, kind of like with Dominic and Rey Mysterio. We'll get to that on the Friday Night SmackDown segment of this shit. Sting gets powerbombed, a massive powerbomb, takes the bump. Um, I was a little worried. I even sold for him because, you know, I have the same neck issues, the spinal skenosis and things like that going on. I have deteriorating disc disease in my neck and back. So watching Sting at 60-something years old, knowing that he's got neck problems, take that bump. I was a little worried, even though I'm not his biggest fan. Wow. But uh, word is he's good. I've heard from the camp that he's doing fine. Bump didn't hurt him. He was a little sore, but nothing, you know, nothing that can't, 
you know, if they could stop him from working. We get a backstage segment with Eddie Kingston standing right beside Eddie as the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. Kingston says that he asked for this match tonight. says he will stop Moxley tonight. They go to another commercial break. We come back and go to a promo with Kenny Omega. He talks uh, to a small class of elementary students, the Young Bucks, about the Young Bucks book. Kenny tells the kids to go and play with Michael Nakazawa. The kids then boo Nakazawa and attack him. Now it's time for the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. And this one, man, it was off the charts. What a match. The Young Bucks would win the match after, you know, of course, uh, Inner Circle got kicked out. I didn't even actually see what happened, but man, what a hell of a match they had. Inner Circle was kicked out after the match. Immediately, the Inner Circle members come in and attack the Young Bucks. Camera shows Kenny, the Good Brothers, and Doc, uh, uh, D- Dickweed, Don Callis. Watching, Kenny wants to go out, but uh, Callis holds him back. Callis then whispers something to Carl Anderson. Anderson and Gallows go to the ring. The Inner Circle leaves the ring. Jericho's outside of the ring. He gets in the face of Papa Buck, which, of course, is Nick and Matt's dad. Papa Buck then pushes Jericho. Jericho and MJF starts yelling at him and telling him he messed up. They go to a commercial break and come back. Brandy Rhodes is on the screen and says they are going to do a baby gender reveal for their baby. Cody's music hits. Brandy comes out in all her pregnancy glory and uh, is joined by Cody as they're on the stage. As soon as Cody's music kind of dies down for a second, Pyro and streamers and smoke start going off to announce that they are having a beautiful baby girl. Congratulations to Cody and Brandy on their big reveal of having a baby girl. I hope that uh, hope she's as beautiful and as tough as mama and as uh, talented as daddy as well. And as talented as mama, because mama's got some talent too. But congratulations to the Rhodes family on the birth or on the, the announcement that they're having a, a baby girl, you know. Not long now. Uh, then we get another tag match. It's the debut of Mike Seidel. I've never seen Mike in action. Um, Mike and Matt Seidel versus FTR. Of course, FTR would win the match. After the match, the lights go down as the FTR is working over these guys. They're fixing to cut uh, Mike Seidel's hair with the Dr. Scissors. And uh, when the lights come back on, Jurassic Express are all three in the ring, and they attack FTR, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, hit their finishers on FTR. Then we find out that the legendary, one of the greatest wrestlers alive, one of the four horsemen, Tully Blanchard, who was not there with FTR, will be there live next week. It'll be FTR with Tully Blanchard in a six-man tag team match taking on that little twit and Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus in a six-man tag match. And I hope like hell Tully gets his hands on Marco and beats the shit out of him. That's all I got to say about that fact. Um, the announcers are now going over next week's matches, and they also bring up some of the matches announced for the AEW Revolution card. John Moxley then cuts a promo about his upcoming match and brings up his match against Kenta for the IWGP United States title on February 26th. Moxley finishes by saying after he's done with Kenta, he's going after everyone and says he will get back his AEW World heavyweight title from Kenny Omega. Now we go to the ring for Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade versus John Moxley, Ray Phoenix and Lance Archer. 
what a match. Uh, starts out with these guys going ape shit all over the arena. Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Lance Archer do pick up the win as Moxley hits Kingston with a paradigm shift straight out of hell. I mean, he picked dude up, dropped him on his head for the victory. The match ends and Moxley celebrating on the top turnbuckle, suddenly attacked from behind by the Good Brothers. They beat him down. And then hold him up for Kenny Omega. Omega hits Moxley with two V-triggers, and he tells Moxley that he knows he invoked his rematch clause, and that was Tony Khan's big Valentine's surprise, and that he had set the match up. He tells Moxley that he will pick the stipulation that says that they're going to have the exploding Bob Wire death match at AEW Revolution. And that was the segment I played for you at the start of this, and that was the segment that would close out the show. Um so, guys, let's get some feedback. I posted a comment and didn't get any comments on it, so I don't know if people have seen it yet or if people just don't care at this point. Uh, a lot of people aren't AEW fans, but, hey, it is what it is, man. Let's uh, let's get some feedback. I want uh, I want to see some emails coming into ccwarrestling at yahoo.com, and I want to see some comments on the, um, you know, the Facebook page about this. What do you think about the exploding Bob Wire death match? I want to know. So I've ran a little bit long on this segment, so I'm going to have to end it and bring up the next segment, which will be Friday Night Smackdown from last night. And we'll cover everything, including the three heel turns. Um, the fact that, well, let's just, let's just go ahead. I'll cut this segment and uh, set it up. And then we'll come back and we'll talk all about the SmackDown and what's leading up to a, a Elimination Chamber this Sunday and how stupid some of this sounds to me. So hopefully nobody has any issues with me bringing you all this in one setting because, man, it's been a hectic week for us with the weather and college and kids' school and things like that. But uh, I'm sitting here getting ready to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Um, this is the, you know, the go home edition of SmackDown before Elimination Chamber, which is Sunday. I know we just had NXT Vengeance Day this past Sunday, but now we have Elimination Chamber. Um, now I'll probably bring you Elimination Chamber by itself on Sunday night. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that before we get off here, but let's get started. Royal Rumble winner Edge would start the show, of course, uh, before he could get good and going, Universal Champion Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Jey Uso come out. They interrupt him. Uh, we also get a graphic for the superstars involved in the Universal Championship number one contender elimination chamber match at Royal Rumble. All right, elimination chamber. My bad. This Sunday night. Um, Edge said he played Roman like a fiddle and made him lose his cool before saying that Roman knows that he needs Edge to be the main event of WrestleMania before going on to say that Roman is insecure. Edge cuts a pretty good promo. I was impressed with it, and they get interrupted by Sami Zayn. Um, management didn't want him in the Elimination Chamber match. and He's pissed off about it. And it uh, Edge and Roman should both be worried about him, and he's going to WrestleMania before Jey Uso kicks him to shut him up. Roman then hands Paul the mic and his belt before putting his hands behind his back and walking up to Edge and whispering something to him off microphone. Still not sure what was said. Um, Roman, Paul, and Jay then leave Edge in the ring as the commentary team wonder what Roman said to Edge. We get a graphic of our six-man tag team match later on tonight in the main event. 
as well as tonight's edition of Ding Dong Hello, where the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, will be special guests. The Intercontinental Champion Big E makes his way down to the ring to join the commentary team for our opening match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Apollo Crews as we go to commercial break. Um, I noticed that uh, Big E had a very interesting setup at ringside. If I'd have had one of those, I'd probably still be announcing these days or doing commentary at least. He had him a nice couch with a mini fridge and a TV dinner set up on a tray with a foot massager going on. Um. This gets this match kind of gets out of hand. Shinsuke Nakamura defeats Apollo Crews via pinfall. Apollo then attacks Shin after the match, dumps him out of the ring before sending him into the barricade. And Big E makes uh, makes him leave when he grabs the steps before Apollo hits. Uh, you know, Apollo's trying to hit Shinsuke with the steps. Big E gets up and tells him, "Hey, man, just leave. It's done. You're done. It's over with. Leave." Apollo looks like he's leaving. And then he takes the steps and drives them into Big E's back. Apollo then dumps Shin over the barricade and tells E that it's not over until he wins the Intercontinental Championship. The referee is trying to stop Apollo from hitting E with the steps. Um, he throws the steps in the ring, Big E in the ring. He tries to you know, hit him. Big E rolls out. The referee's kind of blocking him. And then Apollo tosses the steps over to make it look like he drops it on Big E's head. But uh, you could tell Big E had rolled out from under the ring after the steps had hit. Seth Rollins comes out onto the stage as they are. Um... Oh, by the way, this is the first hill turn of the night. We had three hill turns during the show. Um, interesting situation. Uh, Apollo Crews is now a heel uh, turning on Big E. Seth Rollins would come out onto the stage as they're wheeling Big E back. He talks about the tragedy of where all of his friends turned their backs on him and betrayed him and that he understands Big E's pain. Seth then shows a clip on the big screen where he attacks Cesaro, who was saved by Daniel Bryant. Seth says that he's filed a lawsuit with WWE executives and that he will win and they are losers before calling Cesaro the biggest loser of all since he took away Seth's big return. Seth then says that anyone who stands with Cesaro will fall and ask everyone to embrace his vision. Backstage, Kevin Owens is on the phone before Edge shows up. Edge praises Kevin for his never-say-die attitude before we cut to E being loaded into an ambulance as we go to commercial break. When we come back, we're in the ring for the Riot Squad versus Tamina and Natalya. Pretty interesting match. Uh, Billy Kay comes out and gets kind of involved. Uh, Tamina and Natalia defeat the Riot Squad, and then they knock out um, Billy Kay after the match, which was great. We see Edge backstage before Baron Corbin walks up, and Corbin says that things have changed since Angela was a regular on SmackDown before Corbin flaunts his suit and wristwatch before Edge mocks him and shows him his smartphone that tells time as well as being able to take pictures before Corbin leaves as we go to commercial. We go to the ring for tonight's edition of the Ding Dong Hello TV talk show that uh, Bailey hosts with special guests Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax before they both try to enter through the door in the ring at the same time until Nia shoves Shayna out of the way and enters. Bailey thanks Shayna and Nia for being on her show. And then here comes Reginald, the foot servant or whatever you want to call him of um, Carmella. He comes out and compares Nia and Shayna to cheap wine before saying that Nia and Shayna could lose to Sasha and Bianca if they were to team up. Sasha comes out to the ring, tells Reginald to never speak for her again before saying that Bianca will choose her to face at WrestleMania. Bianca comes out and says that she plays second fiddle to no one. And people get bit by her. Reginald then proposes a six-person tag match before everyone except Bailey. 
argue as we go to commercial. Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Reginald versus Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler, and Bailey. Um, now, I wasn't too impressed with the fact that they allowed Reginald to compete in this match against Shayna, Nia, and Bailey, even though he pretty much only competed against Nia, which was, you know, appropriate. That's who he was running his mouth to. But what ticks me off about this situation is Xavier Woods wants a match with me again. If you're willing to put Reginald in a six-person match, why not let Xavier Woods and Mia Yim show us what they got? I guarantee you they can out-wrestle these guys. No offense to Shayna Baszler, because if Shayna Baszler wasn't carrying around Nia Jax's dead weight, then I think she'd be a helpful competitor, and I think she'd be a fucking championship contender, other than for them stupid tag belts. But that's just my opinion. But I think Mia Yim and Xavier Woods could have a hell of a singles match. Mia Yim's a hell of a wrestler, and so is Xavier Woods. Uh, anyway, Reginald Sasha Shitface Banks, I mean Sasha Banks, and Blanca Belair defeat Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Bailey via pinfall. As uh, Reginald went for a crossbody, got caught, double drop kick from Sasha and Bianca, knocking him down on top of Banks, or not Banks, but uh, Jesus Christ. Knocking him down on Jax to get the pin. Cesaro's interviewed backstage ahead of him teaming up with Daniel and Kevin before fa uh, before facing the Elimination Chamber. He talks about going on to win the title. He's going to win the Elimination Chamber, win the title, and he's going to show up and wrestle Edge at WrestleMania. Edge shows up and comments on uh, condemns Cesaro for his gift, grit, grit, before Cesaro says that he knows uh, what's next after becoming the Universal Champion. He's going to show up at WrestleMania with that grit and beat Edge. The Mysterios, <laughs> sorry, take on Chad Gable and Otis. Dominic and Ray would defeat them via disqualification because Otis and Chad would team up, take out Dominic, and beat down on Ray Mysterio, which I thought was great. Someone needs to beat the hell out of them and send them home. We're tired of Dominic Mysterio, and we're damn sure tired of Ray Mysterio. Otis hits a diving splash onto Ray after the match before he and Chad celebrate like they've won. Backstage, Daniel's getting ready for his main event before Edge comes up to the two and talks. Uh, comes up and the two talk talk as Daniel says that uh, Edge should face him at WrestleMania if he beats Roman at the Elimination Chamber and everything. And uh, he said it could be called a long overdue dream match as we go to commercial break. We come back from the break to Daniel, Kevin, and Cesaro backstage where Cesaro and Daniel call into question whether or not they can trust Kevin tonight before Kevin issues. Assures him that he won't stun them tonight. Kevin then says that they should look out for several stunners on Sunday, however. Original serves Carmella some cheap-ass wine. She throws it in his face and reprimands him, showing her ass. Bitching because he was teaming up with uh, Bianca and Sasha. We get a graphic for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match between the champions Shayna Baszler and Nia Jackson. Challenger Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair made official for Elimination Chamber this Sunday night. Then we get ready for Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Jey Uso versus Daniel Bryant, Kevin Owens, and Cesaro. Um, and now, it says that there were three heel turns. I'm assuming that... Um, you know, one of these, you know, of course was Apollo Crews. The other one I would assume would be Otis and Chad Gable. I'm not sure. Then we go to the main event 
Uh, Edge makes his way out to the ring and joins on the commentary to watch. Of course, uh, Paul Heyman makes his way out and joins too during the match. Um, man, it was a hellacious battle. Not going to read through all the notes that were left to me to read through here. Thanks to, thanks to my side folks that help out. But, um, you know, Daniel Bryant, Cesaro, and Kevin Owens would defeat Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Jey Uso via submission after the match. Everyone hits a move until Edge comes in and spears Jay. Before Roman shows up out of nowhere and spears Edge as we go off the air with Roman holding his title above his head. Um, now, let me just look here. That was the end of SmackDown. I'm trying to figure out where, you know, they have three heel turns for SmackDown. I, I don't understand that. Um, and then we'll go on with some other things after that. But um, apparently Paige has got her fingers crossed on making an in-ring return. WWE Women's Tag Title bout has been added to the Elimination Chamber, but uh, who knows where that will end up? It could end up on the um, could end up on the pre-show again, of course. You know what I mean? It's Terry Funk's comments on AEW hosting a death match. Let's see what Terry Funk had to say about that. No, it says here he wants to wish John Moxley and Kenny Omega the best of luck in their exploding Bob Ward match. He says the match is a good way for AEW to wake up Vince with a good kick in his ass. He wants you to know he's pulling for you. Bad Bunny apparently, yes, as of Monday night, is currently the WWE 24-7 champion. Yay, who cares, right? Still not finding any news here uh, on why... We had three hill turns, or who the three hill turns for sure were, but there were there was so much going on. I didn't pay attention to all of it as good as I should have, and that's my fault. But uh, let's go talk about Elimination Chamber here and see what they've gotten updated so far. On Friday Night SmackDown, of course, they announced that Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax will defend the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against Shane, uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair on Sunday at the Elimination Chamber. So the matches we have set so far, and kudos to Drew McIntyre for not being a high-coward, pussy-ass, set-of-the-table that doesn't do anything, because we have Drew McIntyre, the reigning defending WWE champion, taking on AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Jeff Hardy in an elimination chamber. The winner of that match will be the champion. I'm sure Drew McIntyre will win, uh, no, no doubt in my mind. We also have uh, WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns taking on the winner of SmackDown's Elimination Chamber match earlier in the night. And the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match is Cesaro, Daniel Bryant, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Baron King Corbin, Baron Corbin, and Jey Uso. WWE Raw Women's Championship match was supposed to be Oscar versus Lacey Evans with Ric Flair. Lacey Evans announcing her pregnancy. Uh, that match is sure to change. Not sure who they'll put in there, if it'll even happen. WWE United States Championship match. Now, here's where it gets interesting. We know Bobby Lashley and Riddle will be in it. Will Keith Lee be there? Will he be in this match? He wasn't on Raw. What happened? Are they pulling him from this match? Is it just going to be Riddle and Lashley, or will it be all three? And who will walk away? Um, my hope is on Riddle. I don't want to see Keith Lee as champion, and I'd love to see Bobby Lashley lose. But uh, I doubt it happens. And, of course, the tag team match with the women 
Could there be more matches, matches added or matches changed? I look forward to seeing a change on Oscar and Lacey Evans due to the pregnancy. Um, but that's, um, you know, that's not up to me. If it were up to me, I'd probably put the uh, Baszler in there. But that's just my, my thing. Of course, yes, here we go. Apollo Crews turns heel, attacks Big E with steps. And Alpha Academy turn heel, attack Rey Mysterio on WWE SmackDown. Uh, but still no word on who the third heel turn was. Um, John Moxley has come out and said that if it was not for COVID, he would have had a full Japanese schedule. You know which is great. He's still their U.S. champion. Uh, I look forward to seeing him back over there quite a bit. Let's see. Caleb Braxton this morning on the Talking Smack, they talk about the injury from Apollo Crews um, give, you know, hitting Big E with the steps. Um, if you missed the action, I'm looking to see what the update is, but there's no update. Um uh, I'm not seeing where they updated. He didn't say a single word during his entire appearance. Paul Heyman asked if he had. Intercontinental Champion suffered a bronchial pex, pexless plexus bronchial plexus injury that was result in temporary arm weakness. Okay. So that is his current injury status from Big E. So I guess he will not be involved at uh, Elimination Chamber. Um, just kind of digging through different pages here, trying to find who all turned heel. Um, but nothing, nothing there. All right, well, Terry Funk is cool with the death match. He's been in them, so that's cool. Um, we have a face of the Revolution qualifying match coming up on AEW Dynamite this week. It'll be Ray Phoenix versus the Murder Hog Monster, Lance Archer. The winner will go on to be in the face of the Revolution ladder match. Of course, Britt Baker and, or Anna Jay versus Ty Conte or Nyla Rose. Uh, that's part of the Eliminator Tournament. Hangman Page will take on Isaiah Cassidy, Team Taz, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes, Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler. Those are all matches that have been announced for this week's AEW Dynamite coming up. Lana thinking Becky Lynch. Pretty interesting situation. Um, so it is what it is. But, uh, guys, Elimination Chamber is Sunday. If you have, um, you know, if you have comments, email those to me at ccwawrestling at yahoo.com or questions. Email those to me. Um, you know, there's different ways to get in touch with us. Of course, you can comment on the, um, Facebook page, no comments will you know, be deleted. We keep everything up unless it's something just completely stupid or threatening to someone else. And 
we would love to have your comments and your feedback and things like that. Um, comments will be shared on the show, guys. So leave me your comments. Thank you to Buster HR Johnson. I'll give him a big shout out as he's been leaving us some feedback. Uh, he doesn't think the New Japan AEW uh, crossover will last very long. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of want to agree with him because, you know, we had Kenta there, you know, two weeks in a row and now no one from Japan. But um, this could be a spoiler. So if it is, it is. I hear that uh, former IWGP heavyweight champion, uh, Kutsa or Kitsa Okada. The Rainmaker Okada is supposed to be making his way to AEW. That would be phenomenal. Would love to see that. Um, also, Cody has noted that he is not not against a crossover with WWE if WWE would be willing to work with them. Uh, Finn Balor has told WWE that they should work with them. I think Finn Balor is burnt out on the fact that he got stuck back on NXT. I don't think that... Um, he should be on NXT. I think he should be made of any Raw or SmackDown and being pushed to the moon. He's a hell of an athlete. Um, you know, he was only supposed to be there for like a month, and they've kept him there longer, and God only knows. And, and like they sent Edge over there to tease a match, like Edge is going to wrestle somebody on NXT so he can be the NXT champion. He wants the big belt. He wants the big title. He wants the WWE championship. And uh, I got a feeling we're going to get Spear versus Spear. I got a feeling we're going to get Roman versus Edge at WrestleMania for the belt. Uh, therefore, I don't think I, I know for a fact. Let me just say it this way. Let, let me let me put it to you straight. OK, Roman Reigns will not lose his belt at Elimination Chamber, and I don't see him having to defend it or lose it at uh, Fastlane. But I know for a fact he won't lose it at Elimination Chamber because his opponent has to go through the Elimination Chamber match first. There's no way they'll be 100% by the time they get to Roman, so he's going to retain automatically. Plus, Jey Uso will be in his corner, and so will Paul Heyman. And now it looks like Apollo Crews may be aligning himself with Roman Reigns as well. Who knows? But, you know, there's so much going on. Drew McIntyre, in my opinion, won't lose his belt either because Drew McIntyre has been a hard-fighting champion. He's lost it, what, once maybe, I think? So I don't see him losing it again. I see him going forward all the way to Mania, at least, as champion, and maybe even walking out of Mania as champion because it looks like WWE is trying to keep the belts on people for a while to give them that believability as champion. Page out of AEW's book, quite frankly. Um, Darby Allen, Darby Allen and Sting at Revolution against Team Taz. Six-person ladder match. Uh, March 3rd, we will have Cody and Red Velvet taking on Shaq and this Jade Cargill. Uh, there's so much going on in the wrestling world. It's awesome. Would love to cover more Japanese wrestling because they have so much out there as well, but don't have the time. And I'm not going to waste my time trying to cover Ring of Honor because they really don't have anybody of notoriety right now. And I kind of got a little bit of heat with Ring of Honor. But I won't go into detail on that. But shout out to Buster HR Johnson and Sexy Sam Dollar. If you have not subscribed to their YouTube channel, go over and look him up. It's Buster HR Johnson on YouTube. Check them out and check us out at Wrestling with the Locals on YouTube as well. Uh, let me just kind of give everybody a rundown of what you'll find on there. There's some stuff where we interviewed Steve the Chicken, who is a main fixture 
at some of the wrestling shows in Arkansas. Um, we also have the very first spicy challenge that me and my good friend Jerry did. Um, we're actually working on getting a few more of those up as soon as Jerry gets back from offshore. When he does, we're going to be doing the Little Nitro World's Hottest Gummy Bear Challenge. We also have Spicy Nuts on the way called Black Widow's Bite or Spicy Mucky Nuts. I don't even know the name. We have the Toe of Satan, the Pocky Chip. We have, um, I think there was another one, but I can't remember. My mind is gone. I have too much studying to do. But guys, go check it out. Please, please, please. Even if you don't want to watch the videos, all you have to do is hit subscribe. It'll get the numbers up for us and help us get more out. Um, and you can ignore the video if you want to, or you can watch it and make fun of us as we look goofy. We act goofy. We do stupid shit. Uh, spicy challenges will probably not be the only things up. I may start doing some interviews. I'm working on one that I would love to record as a sit down interview and uh, have it not only on the podcast, but also on our YouTube channel um, and, and get some stories from a gentleman if I can get in touch with him. And he lives fairly close. So I'm going to try to do that. But, um, you know, we're, we're here, we're, we're alive, we're well, everybody should be thankful for each day that you get with a new sunrise and a new sunset. Um, if you're experiencing this rough weather, I do apologize and my prayers and thoughts are with you and your family at this time, because I know that this winter storm ice and snow and stuff has impacted everybody from, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and more. Um, and so if you're around the world, we wish you the best as well. Uh, much love to all of our foreign fans. And I say that with most, the utmost due respect to every one of you guys from the United Kingdom, the Arab nations to South Africa to Germany. I can't list you all because there are so many of you. Uh, I didn't realize we were heard in those places. But thank you guys for listening to Wrestling with the Locals. This dream has been alive for well over what two three years now um and that's the only reason that i still struggle every day to try to find a way to put down some audio for you guys so that we don't you know we don't ever become forgotten uh this was something that we started and if it wasn't for college and i promise you if it wasn't for college i'd be putting these out separate i'd be popping them out every single night like i used to and bitching, gripping, moaning, and groaning about everything they do wrong because that's what I did. Uh, now I don't have the time for that today. You know, this one, this one took up quite a bit of time, and, and that was great because I needed that relaxation. And this is relaxing to me. I get to sit here at the office and, and do some audio and talk to you guys about wrestling. And yeah, you know, I've got so much going on with American history and economics and bio uh, chemistry not biology chemistry calculus and uh, renewable and natural resources classes and it's just it's stressful it's hectic it's wild it's fun and it uh you know it's not been the best semester because i have a full completely full load luckily i did get to start on time i'm like last semester all of you that have listened know that i started two weeks late and managed to barely scrape by uh my classes were fairly rough last semester as well, but luckily I think there was only like, what, three or four of them last semester. This semester I have a full, complete, full load. And um, 
it's whooping up on me. It's taking its toll. My anxiety has gotten so much worse. And, uh, you know, my time management skills, I see that I have got to find ways to improve them. But uh, look forward to the Elimination Chamber audio coming out Sunday night or Monday morning as quick as possible after the show. Look forward to Elimination Chamber and seeing how that pans out. Hopefully there won't be any title changes for any of the people that uh, I think need to keep their belts, but it'd be nice if they would change some titles up. I think WWE needs to change a lot of their shit up, but that's my opinion, and that's like everyone else's, they have one. Um, hopefully if I can get Titanic back on the phone, me and him had about an hour, about an hour conversation the other day. Um, hopefully me and him can sit down and throw out some audio together. But uh, I just want to thank everybody again for keeping us, you know, keeping us in your thoughts, keeping us in your prayers and keeping us in your playlist. Because if you didn't keep us in your playlist, we wouldn't be here. And I still wouldn't worry about it if, if people weren't listening. Um, but shout out to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, it's time to go learn about some adaptive management skills and things like that, as well as American history, economics, and everything that I named off earlier. I got uh, plenty of homework. I got a book to read and write a paper on again. So thank you guys for listening to Wrestling with the Locals. Oh, by the way, like I said, the Spicy Challenge will be coming out. We've got the – it was the Carolina Reaper Jerky. That's what that was. The new one is the Little Nitro, the world's hottest gummy bear. So if you want to see the Little Nitro World's Hottest Gummy Bear video, go over to Wrestling with the Locals at YouTube and subscribe. And I'll know if you subscribed or if you didn't. And I know if you watch our videos and you don't subscribe because it tells us who watches. They've got all kinds of new updated stuff and it is great. But, um, you know, go over and check it out as we will be doing quite quite a few spicy challenges and then some because we have got to crown our first ever wrestling with the local spicy champion challenge actually it's just our challenge champion because we do a number of different challenges or we'll be doing a number of different challenges but the spicy challenges are what we're doing now but um hope the you know hope the funny stuff that we do and the bits that we try to put together will be great for you guys uh probably going to be throwing the kids into some of these as they like to be on youtube and they want to be involved too the kids love this side of my life um they want to see daddy wrestle again but i don't think it'll ever happen quite honestly i don't i don't have the time to be in the gym working out right now and i don't want to deal with it i uh, just i'm tired exhausted college is more than more than a 31 year old man can handle and I'll be 32 this year. So, um, you know, it is what it is guys. Thank you for the thoughts and prayers. Thank you guys. And, and keep sending them our way and I'll send ours our y'all's way as well, because, um, without you guys that listen, without you guys that support the podcast, like Buster HR Johnson and several others out there, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't still be doing this. And, uh, you know, without wrestling, we wouldn't have anything to bitch and moan and groan and gripe about. So thanks to WWE for being a fuck up. Thanks to AEW for pissing people off, even though I love it. I look forward to the exploding Bob wire death match. I hope that they do it justice. I hope that it is as extreme and wild as every exploding Bob wire death match I've ever seen before it. Um, as a matter of fact, I have to go pull up videos for the kids here in a little bit because they've never seen one. So I'm going to show them some of the old school ones. Um, like Terry and Foley and, and them. So God, I look forward to it. It's exciting. It's, it's, it's world. 
you know, it's 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 just it's a changing power, and I think Terry Funk's right. It's what WWE WWE needs is a good kick in the ass to wake them up. I think it'll bring in some viewers, whether people want to admit it or not. But that's it for me, guys. Stay warm. If your pipes are freezing, make sure you warm them. Trickle your water. I know they're trying to cut people's power and water supply right now because they're having shortages and things. But just hug your loved ones, keep your animals safe. Uh, and stay warm, guys. Stay warm. Much love from Wrestling with the Locals, CCWA at Yahoo.com, Wrestling with the Locals at YouTube and Facebook. <laughs>